This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Namaskar, welcome to News Laundry Hafta. I'm Abhinandan Sekri. Aur angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Do subscribe to News Laundry because as I always say, when the public pays, the public is served and when advertisers pay, advertisers are served. Today on the panel, we Manisha is still on leave. Uh, we have a young journalist who also dabbles in photography. Uh, from the Quint, Jaskirat Singh Baba. Jaskirat is a multimedia journalist. He's based in Delhi. Before the Quint, where he is a senior news editor, he has been part of media houses like the India Today Group and NewsX. So, Jaskirat, what are you doing? Any photography these days? No, I think uh, completely based on the desk and news uh, mm-hmm. nerve center. Not really been able to click much as much as I did back in, uh, let's say, the active years of the Delhi politics and protests, like Anna Hazare movement. Yes, I remember. Actually, I at that time because I used to often be at the protest site. I got an uh, you sent me an email, right? I got an email with some photographs of mine at the site. I'm like sweating and I'm looking like I'm going to pass out. And <laughs> I hadn't met Jaskirat at the time, and he said I was there and clicking photographs. I just clicked some pictures of you. Thanks, by the way, for that picture. So, uh, we also have our managing editor, Raman Kripal. Hi. Hello, Raman, sir. Hi. Uh, our editor-in-chief, Madhu Trihan, will be joining us shortly. Manisha is still on leave. Anand Vardhan will be on NL Charcha this week. So, hopefully, we will have full strength next week. But no, I won't be here next week. So, a week after that, we will have full strength, which is also the week before the Media Rumble. And what is the Media Rumble? It is a forum that we have in Delhi. This is the second edition where we have news professionals, tech professionals, investors from around the world. Subscribers get entry for free. Now, cut to promo. The Media Rumble is back. In the second edition, we bring together news professionals, policy makers, investors, tech innovators from all over the world. It's where we discuss the future of news. It's where we talk about all facets of the news ecosystem. This year, we are set to make the Media Rumble Asia's premier media forum. There'll be professionals from some of the world's leading news organizations. Master classes on data journalism, on animation, illustration, storytelling. A convoy of 14 international speakers, filmmakers, satirists, all under one roof. Come, rumble at the Media Rumble, August 3rd and August 4th, 2018 at India Habitat Centre, New Delhi. Entries free for our News Laundry subscribers and Mufat Khors, register now. Seats are filling up fast, so log on to www.themediarumble.com. See you there. We will be discussing several things today. The main things that made headlines and prime time and the front page of newspapers were, of course, the Supreme Court upholding the death penalty for Nirbhaya or what was her given name, Jyoti Singh's mm-hmm. rapists. It had I mean, they had been given death penalty. They went up to the Supreme Court and that has been upheld. Then the Supreme Court also is to rule on Section 377 on whether homosexuality is a criminal offence or not. The central government has taken the safe route and said we leave it to the wisdom of the court. Uh, So now the ball is in the court's court. And while I say that the courts in India have often given wonderfully progressive judgments, they have also sometimes given extremely regressive, if not judgments, at least observations that are passed of other judgments. So I'm not sure which way this is going to go. 
Then the Supreme Court also questioned the practice of female genital mutilation. Supreme Supreme Court seems to be more in the news than elected governments these days. And in fact, that has often been a criticism that policy issues often tend to get. That's also because the vacations just got over. So July is always the most active month for because the Supreme Court. the waiting list is on. And this is the time that they use to write their judgments, verdicts and catch up on all the briefs. So they come back in force after the summer vacations. So July always tends to remain pretty active in the Supreme Court. You know, um, before I get to the menu of the other thing that we're going to discuss, I might as well just finish that off first. Uh, then there's a Ramgarh lynching case and Jayant Sinha felicitated the people who were out on bail who were convicted by a fast track court. He came up with very lame excuses of why he did that. Now he's done a regret, which is a non-regret. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I have a theory on why he's doing this. And then the charity home staff in Jharkhand who were running a charity home, this is the part of the missionaries of charity, have been held for selling children. And that, of course, has become a big deal because it is such a disgusting thing. And also because this also has political and religious ramifications. And Madhu Trehan is here. Hello, Madhu. Hi. Then we have the Munna Bajrangi murder case, gangster Munna Bajrangi, who was very close to Mukhtar Ansari apparently, was shot dead in, in prison. So obviously there are cops in prison. Which you kind laugh. of no? I'm just wondering that this sacred games is closer home than I thought it would be. <laughs> Stuff like that is actually happening. And the Kejriwal versus center issue has still not been resolved. And in fact, we have a mail about that. Madhu, this uh, a subscriber who is uh, well not offended, but he disagrees with your view. So we'll have that mail, and then there is another mail which we'll read out later too. So coming first to you know the observation I was making, what Jaskirat said that they come back. I often used to wonder, you know, my friends who are lawyers who practice in the court, I was like, school mein milti thi, do ki chutti, do ki chutti. Like, imagine just chutti for two months. Like, how lovely is that? And I asked a judge once that, you know, isn't it a bit much? Like, there's so much of pendency. And I actually was of the view that it's a bit of an indulgence. So the judge told me that, you know, it's not so much for the lawyers, although it's good if they also get a break. But she said writing judgments is such... A tedious job if you take your job seriously because people's lives depend on it you can't do it when you're fatigued mm. and the amount we have to read and the amount we have to write like at night you think that you get home it's over no you know I'm sitting till 9 10 at night writing judgments and no come on I mean there are enough jobs where you're 24 7 yeah but she says the thing is that life and death doesn't depend on it so yes, it does. It, For doctors, it does. Doctors too, In correct. fact, there was a very interesting article about 30 years ago on the cover of Sunday Times, mm. uh, New York Times magazine. And the issue there was, the debate was, that can a doctor perform surgeries properly if he has been up three nights in a row? All right, Obviously four nights not. in a row. No, but you see, the point is that when you go through their residencies mm. in surgery and in f- what I'm familiar with, cardiac surgery, their scheduling, their training is at that time such that you are kept up three, four nights in a row as a resident and you still function and they become trained in doing that because the argument is that when a person has a heart attack, they're not going to check whether a doctor is well rested or not or whether he's, you know, had dinner or not. He, they're going to have a heart attack when it... And so they have to be... Their faculties have to be trained to function no matter which way. But that and is because the nature of the... If I may break this down in rather crass economic terms, the consumer and the person who's actually providing the service is such that there is no control over the consumer's condition. It is health, right? But if one did have control, there is scientific evidence that... 
sleep deprivation leads to suboptimal de- decisions. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think also, so for for and also for pilots, that's why you are not allowed to fly hmm. unless you have had that twelve hour break. And there was a very strong debate hmm. against it, and people actually, and I agree with it, that sleep deprivation does damage. Uh, your cognitive decision making you may be what in my personal experience what i've seen is the doctor will be functioning perfectly at work at work he's all there because that's what he's trained but what happens afterwards the family bears the brunt <laughs> as mother shakes her head the uh, fallout of a, on a person's life sleep personality dealing with situations there's a huge fallout Absolutely. whether you have the energy like if you've given your all three nights in a row to uh, in the hospital do you have time to even pick up a crying child no you don't sure. or not the time you don't have the mental capacity mm. to pick up a crying child or to deal with a person's tragedy say my grandmother dies a person has no sympathy because he's been seeing death three days in a row with mm. people poorer than me and in much bigger trouble and seen bigger tragedies so a person who's seen that will look at me and say so your grandmother died of old age what's the big deal Mm. So you have to deal the family has to deal with the fallout. So you were saying? No, I know it for a fact that uh, all these judges work with the law interns. Mm. So when it comes to writing a judgment, of course judge is very important is giving his view, mm. his opinion, but uh, the law these are the, the law interns who have been drafting. doing the research, the drafting mm. and then the judge has a look. So I know it for a fact. In Supreme Court, but do you think it's an indulgence a two month break or it's well deserved? It is indulgence. I think it's, it's indulgence, indulgence, but I like it because my daughter's a lawyer, so she gets the two <laughs> months off and she gets time with her children. But I think we must refer to Arun Shori's book, where he gives reams of judgments which are beyond ridiculous, thousands mm. and thousands of pages. Something as simple verbose. as Ramdev's Ramdev's case on being arrested, he goes into reams about the def- the benefits of sleep and medical reports and social reports and pata nahi kya kya. It's completely unnecessary. Nobody's going to read those thousand pages. It's just to show how they want to be remembered. There's a legacy. Ke the he wrote such great reports. This is the literature that they write. It's not. Matlab. It's not. What they need to do is to write shorter reports, do the research, write shorter reports, and don't have to quote Iliad and and Socrates and all that nonsense. They simply have to give the report and make it short and crisp. And that is the problem that there's a judiciary. I think is stuck in a colonial condition. The vacation is from the colonial times where the government moved to Shimla. Hmm. All right, so that was three months of actually no work going on, and that was the concept that you even schools used to move to Shimla. Yeah, so everything is that, and in Europe, even today, which I support, in August everything closes down, even hospitals. You can't find a doctor in in August. But that is, but in your it's extreme. The, health indices are high na yahan par wo karoge to crore mar jayenge the thing is that i'm saying that it's a matter of what you adjust to so you can adjust to a thing where a doctor has to stay up four nights in a row and still function properly or you can adjust to the slower and there's a slow movement for slower lives sure that of course yeah. uh, just hear your view indulgence or not judges and on sleep deprivation since that has come up having reported from the supreme court for 5 6 years definitely an indulgence for the duration of time mm. sure a vacation could be well deserved for the judges who were actually working 9 to 
coming right. to the Supreme Court at nine and writing their judgments till nine in the evening. And there are quite a few of them also. Hmm. And for them, maybe okay, a one month break, which isn't really a break, but a time that some of them genuinely use to catch up on the cases, to write their judgments. Of course, I agree with you having read those judgments that a lot of them could be about 10% of what the, the, the length of the judgment that are really there. Hmm. Quoting from Homer, Iliad, etc. is really something that can be avoided because that is not really going into the subject of law. There has to be a middle ground here. But I can say for sure that none of the stakeholders who are actually involved are going to support reduction in the vacation time, neither the lawyers nor the judges. Because it works out for them. Because it fine. works out for them. It, it works out for them. The ones who actually are making productive use of their vacation time are going to, of course, use that uh, to their benefit. And the ones who are not are also not going to let go of that, you know, something that they've grown up used to, the system that they've grown up used to since, ma'am said, it's been there since the Raj era. So Madhu doesn't like me called ma'am, Madhu. Madhu. So before we move on to another Supreme Court issue, Section 377, just two observations. One is I think like all Indians use any relative's wedding to live their Bollywood dream. By main star nahi bana, main star nahi bani, mujhe kabhi item song ka mauka nahi mila. Chalo, shaadi ho rahi hai, cousin ki music video karte hain. Because the kind of elaborate choreographers and choreographers, sorry. Did you see Neeta Ambani's dancing at a wedding? Yeah, unko to actual stars aagaya. There they weren't unfulfilled dreams. Those are fulfilled dreams, they were still dancing. I don't know why. No, there was the family dancing, the daughter's future daughter-in-law and Amita Ambani herself dancing. Obviously choreographed by Amita because there were no Bollywood jhatak mataks. It was all very... Conservative dance. Very conservative dance. And, dance. and if I was to critique it, I would say they looked like they were hanging clothes on a clothesline, first on one side, then on the other. Where pretty good tango, abhi pente tango, abhi sade tango, abhi ye But just like all really Indians, sad. unfulfilled Bollywood dreams show up in a wedding. I think all judges have unfulfilled literary dreams that show up in their judgment. <laughs> no, you know, there's a difference. It's, I think it's the, again the colonialism because American judgments are really short. Mm. All right. Even in the Supreme, their Supreme Court judgments are not lengthy. Mm. In this, we have a, a culture of tradition where you will hear of senior judges, older judges. judgment He was Nani Palkiwala. What a judgment. He was this. They're used to hearing the legacy. So beautifully written. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they are aspiring to that, not realizing times have changed. We don't need that kind of, you know, literary. And the second thing what I wanted to quickly touch upon was that Aaj Tak ran a report which on Yoga Day. Actually, we're a little late on that, but it was like really ridiculous. I mean, I haven't seen such a Chartu report in the sense it's Anchor was going, or Pradhan Mantri Modi, din mein 18 se 20 ghante kaam karte hain. Or phir dekhe, yoga karte hain. Or kaise, you know that video that they released of yoga. Uh-huh. Now, I wanted to ask the journalist, how, how do you know? 18, 20 hours. And even, and if that's true, we should be worried. Because the suboptimal decision making that is happening. Yeah, no, I don't see how people are seeing that as an achievement. Yeah, so I was a little blown away by that. And the second thing is that even these commandos are trained to, you know, sleep even while they were walking. Because when we shot a series with the armed forces, at uh, they have one school in Belgaum, uh, and then yeah, and then they we've shot to the paras, uh, you know, here in uh, UP. You're not allowed to say where they are. Although everybody knows where the para commando base is, but we said you cannot say in the show where it is. I said like the whole country knows. You can Google where it is, <laughs> no, but you cannot say on the show. So it's in a certain town in UP. 
close to the Taj Mahal there is a Parakamando <laughs> base but I cannot say where it is so there they are trained but the thing is that you know every year or two a couple of guys die at the Belgaum school because of sleep deprivation because they think because we are being trained to deal with the worst but out of 100 people 20 will work fine but 80 will not work fine and that is why I think sleep is the elixir of life anyway so madhu let's come to this first i'll just give context there has been this long standing problem on is homosexuality criminal offense it was prescribed as a criminal offense in our law books which is a throwback of the victorian times of the british it has then been fixed a high court judgment had actually said it is not and the supreme court actually then said no it is now the center refuses to challenge it because i guess protecting their vote base and they said we'll leave it to the wisdom of the supreme court and the attorney general of india is not appearing because he said i have already appeared sorry what exactly was his quote he he appeared for one of the petitioners who are pro homosexuality or anti section 377 during the initial hearing back in the upa time when he wasn't attorney when, general you know when he wasn't the attorney general so it becomes a bit of a conflict of interest kind of a thing where he can't appear now on the other side in the same case Did or he appeal, appeal for the for same case of suri I'm not very sure. I but think for, he pays for the he pays for a group of parents for uh, children of parents of LGBT. But I was uh, that was a curious quote because if he's saying I cannot appear for the government although I am the Attorney General of India because I have appeared for the petitioner who wanted to be decriminalized suggests that the center's position is that it should remain a criminal offense. However, that's not what the center is saying. So no one wants to take a stand on this, Madhu. Why don't you first take a stand on this, and how do you think it's being played out? And is it a political issue? Should be should people be worried that it will lead to like votes? Well, the only thing of worry is that when it is illegal, uh, the ramifications are quite huge in the sense of blackmail, people not being able to rent apartments. There are so many different sort of aspects which people have to deal with, which is really rough. And I still feel that a good story could be done. on who brought it back you know why that person has never been that judge who did it has just gone into the wilderness but ye kyun why nobody has really gone into this and that created a problem and diverted attention from more serious issue. i wouldn't say more but diverted attention for an unnecessary issue it had been decriminalized chhod do but you think the center's reluctance to take a very clear position on this is i mean is it rooted in some sort of political wisdom or do you actually think that a government taking position one way or the other would cost them votes why is the government not taking a position on this it's anybody's guess but i would think that their inkling is always to veer towards the more conservative because they presume that their vote bank is more conservative what do you think so on on no, i think this is more to do with the moral wisdom and the, their moral uh, uh, wing is rss hmm. so it comes from them and they rss is always conservative so. but rss i don't know if it's true but Is, sorry, just he is shaking his head. Sorry, I'm just, I, Raghav, the Raghav Avasi article saying that the RSS has changed its stance on exactly. homosexuality, but now will the you know the 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 uh, Muslim leaders do it? The RSS leaders are on record as late as uh, as early as like just six months ago saying that it's a psychological issue. They're calling it a mental health issue. So I don't see how the RSS. Yeah, stands. I was wondering. So the Raghav Avasi piece is not. It was in the Express, if I'm not wrong. Uh, the print. In the print, right? So that's he's just. Hey, मतलब no RSS spokesperson has. It doesn't reconcile has, with what the actual leadership in the RSS have uh, been on record as as recent as six months ago. 
on the issue of homosexuality so yeah anyway i i do think that in today's day and age when you know not just gay sex even gay marriage the talks of it being recognized and if you want to be a global superpower and a global this and a global that to, to be so primitive no i i think the the reason why same sex marriage came about in other countries is because lifetime partners Yeah. who had had nothing to do with their own families or because their families has ostracized them because of their homosexuality found that when their partner of say 40 years or 50 years had died they had no access to anything that a, a heterosexual partner would have right so legally they sometimes were even excluded from the last moments at the hospital mm. were excluded from the funerals so that's why it became something that had to be tackled and losing say joint savings which they had made over the years hmm. which then the family had access to and the person who had made the joints so it became a very complicated legal issue although i um, think in the us there's still it may go back with the new supreme court pick that trump Can has you know, made you think that it would, they would could reverse that i doubt it and i don't know if still reverse it but of all the I've been hearing on this, you know, whether it's a morning show, Don Lemon on CNN or Bill Maher's shows. It's he's definitely uh, taken an anti-abortion view in the past. This judge, as long as they have two conservative judges, and there is a fear that they may also they haven't quantified to what extent, but they may go back on LGBTQ rights, is what they I, say. Uh, I'm correct. I don't know if I'm correct, but I remember reading that despite all his other conservative positions on abortion and everything else, on the gay rights he step back okay possibly. on the marriage issue mm-hmm. now the second thing uh, that the supreme court ruled on uh, was sorry i'm really sorry but there's one point i wanted to make on the sure, sure. Uh, 377 issue is that the upa government's official stance in the supreme court was not very different from what the nda government absolutely has said it took 18 months to write that judgment 18 months 18 months and it's only after the verdict came out that uh, rahul gandhi uh, issued a statement saying that we were hoping for a more positive judgment but all along the party in power at that time uh, had thrown the ball in the court's court as you said yes the final line in the judgment is the supreme court after making some i'm sorry to say some obnoxious observations which i have uh, Such right as? now my, go ahead some of the things that they said is that uh, they had no proof that people from the lgbt community were actually being victimized by the police force hmm. uh, there is a line that says mere fact that the section is misused by police authorities and others is not a reflection of bias of the section that the section is being violated or misused they also um, and the section they're, they're referring to is a section that criminalizes homosexuality criminalizes homosexuality they refuse to acknowledge that criminalizing this act is leading to misuse of the section by the executive but they didn't confront why it should be criminal in the first place they didn't they actually in the final so these line, were the judges who made it a crime again they are the ones who went back to the original position and reversed justice ap shah's position on this in the high court justice ap shah was the one who delivered the 2009 delhi high court verdict and in 20 13 it's these two judges who reversed the delhi high court the verdict three, they made it a criminal, criminal offense also uh, and they've retired and yeah singh retired the very day he gave the judgment we we asked him after he came out mm. so why because oh, what do you say I, i have to say this that throughout the hearing and i attended every single day of the hearing of the three month back to back day to day hearing mm. 
nothing that they said observations the line of questioning indicated that the judgment was going to go against uh, the lgbt community hmm. which is why i am a little skeptical about the observations and the uh, lines coming out of the courtroom right now it may have because i've seen it and i and i've seen the the groups of people break down into tears outside the courtroom on number 1 when the verdict actually came out and the disappointment because nothing that was shown in the courtroom in the due course of the proceeding made them believe that this could be the outcome of the case now of course we have to deal with one thing i wanted to add was the final line in that judgment threw the ball in the parliament's court they said it's a it's the job of the parliament to make policy to make the policy to amend the law they say if this is what the people want then mm. it's the people's representatives job yes, to that. actually uh, make it happen and now the center throwing it back at the supreme exactly. court exactly so we are actually seeing a bit of a you know table tennis thing going on yeah sorry madhi was saying you're just sitting in wonder you know wonder. what you mentioned about this judge saying that there's no evidence of any kind misuse. of uh, misuse it just shows how what isolated lives they lead mm. they have they don't have to stand in line they don't have to do anything that's yeah. real you live in your isolated little bubble and think that there is no discrimination or no what uh, i know many people have gone through even within families so if if a if a judge says that it exposes his ignorance hmm. it's in the judgment the 2013 judgment where they observed and wrote that uh while reading down the section 377 of the ipc the division bench of the high court which is justice ap shah in 2009 the one who decriminalized homosexuality right. this is a para which is critical of the high court judgment they said the high court overlooked that a, only a minuscule fraction of the country's population co- which constitute lgbt community in the last 150 years less than 200 people have been actually prosecuted under the section oh, gosh, 377 really, this is so so they say that only 370 only 200 or less than 200 people in the last 150 years have been prosecuted but they're not uh, considering the threat of prosecution which is actually what a lot of people have a problem with or just the fact that why should we criminal in the first place whether it is being used no, or and not does, do they have do they have evidence of people who've been blackmailed and threatened and, yeah, and you know and victimized uh-huh. we don't know what's happening in say government offices or even private firms where somebody's has to hide their uh, preferences I think one of his post retirement interviews Singhvi Justice Singhvi said that I had to keep my conscience clear I'm not sure exactly how that <laughs> reconciles um, but, but yeah I guess also but now we have a chance so let's see but you know interestingly that before it became an issue legally even though it was considered a crime before uh, justice shah passed his ruling for centuries it was an it was a um, accepted form in in social circles throughout like even in villages ke wo thoda aise hai you know and it was um, treated with kind of amusement or nobody stoned people like that yeah but just what i think uh, this was very well demonstrated in i think it's manu joseph's book where there's this serial killer going around killing or was it leela Uh, sorry i'm getting confused it's either manu joseph's it or wasn't leela or it's it was could it be prayag's book then no it wasn't prayag's book. book i think it was manu joseph's then poor manu but poor it, in, in one of these books it was very like basically how the community the homosexual community and especially transsexuals are harassed by the cops they will not file a case they'll say chala bhiya tujhe arrest karte hain tujhe likhte hain tere ghar pe ki tu kya kar raha tha yahan ek raat kaatega hawalat mein so people shit breaks because a it is a criminal offense so the guy can be arrested then word will go home that your 
you know uh, son was you know doing all these kind of activities so i mean that that threat is huge and anyway but where the uh, arguments are on it seems i mean even if they agree to decriminalize hmm. 377 i think there it is going to open up pandora box after that because right now they think we are only dealing with three decriminalizing 377 we are not talking in terms of uh, you know gay marriage and other stuff yeah but i think the one of the basically fig leaves that the uh, people who didn't want to decriminalize were hiding behind is that right now everything is unnatural act has been clubbed together including they have they have included like sexual inter- mm. bestiality with with uh, animals or any sort of inappropriate behavior children all under in a ah, unnatural look. acts and they've put they said if we remove this all these become legal but i don't think that's, no, that's, that's un- absolutely know, that, that, that's easy to deal with it's mm-hmm. i don't think it's rocket science to separate which is the what two. was a part of the original uh, uh, one of the main arguments back in 20, uh, 2012 also when this was originally being considered was that we don't want you to read down the entire section just amend it just read down the part which deals with two consenting adults adults right that's it and that is why uh, the Supreme Court also passed it back to the Parliament, saying that this is requires an amendment of law, which is the job of the Parliament. Right. Okay. The final bit about the Supreme Court, and I mean, I'm not sure how much time we'll need to take because we've discussed at length when it has come up from time and again. Jyoti Singh, a young girl, and going by her profile, a really ambitious and bright girl coming from very, very difficult circumstances, studying and getting on in life in Delhi, was brutally raped and killed in 2012, I think it was. And finally, Supreme Court has upheld death penalty of her murderers and rapists. So, except for the one that got away, the minor, minor, yeah, so-called minor, because. the law doesn't allow capital so punishment to minors so he is around free is he roaming around free or is he in juvenile no, court he is free now he under supervision serves 14 months he served or something right 12 yeah, months yeah. in he some he got out i think he's been rehabilitated but he i think still needs to check in with a officer or a local police station hmm. but yeah he's been rehabilitated or so, attempts have been made so with that happened so the death penalty is upheld i mean i don't think there's anything debate or discussion around that and it got the coverage i think it deserved this is a issue that had actually galvanized the whole nation together and it led to a a new awakening of what is okay and not okay so that something so brutal had to lead to that conversation is sad in india but it did just the one thing about the coverage that i had is and i mean it's a difficult thing to say because one can't but feel sympathy for that mother and father because they have conducted themselves with such dignity and very shortly after that accident mother if you remember the interviews this lady gave were phenomenally brave and phenomenally dignified but the one thing is that the, it was a recurring theme across channels that if death comes after 6 years then is it even justice it should be instant like justice delayed is justice neither and i know it's very difficult being an anchor and telling a lady whose daughter has been killed in such horrible circumstances that that no that may not be the right way to look at justice but i think it must be said that no matter how horrible the crime if you say that it has to be instant justice then you'll just be killing off people every no, day i don't agree i don't think it should be instant, instant at all because be. there's so many so many cases of um, see, for, uh, of um, wrongful imprisonment around the world particularly in america and here nobody goes to the through the trouble when a poor person is arrested for something he hasn't done and uh, many cases where dna reports have proven that they, a person has been falsely implicated mm-hmm. a falsely arrested for over 40 years something like yeah. that so i think 6 years is after all look we gave yakub memon uh, people were saying that when i was on this big fight there was this people like prashant bhushan and couple of other people who said that he should not have been 
hanged. The fact is that he had the benefit of being tried for 20 years hmm. to ensure that every possible legal angle was he was given fair justice. Explored. So 20 years is a long time sure. for legal process to go through. And I think that's pretty, uh, 20 years is too long as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. So I think because there's so many cases where it goes on forever, there's a tendency to go to the other extreme that should happen within like a few months or a few weeks. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, four to six years is a reasonable amount of time. And even in Yakub Memon's case, I mean, uh, the judgment, uh, if I'm not wrong, basically they went with the public. It said since the public, there is a desire. For the for public to, yeah. Uh, th- that, that line was unfortunate. That line was unfortunate. In the, but, After but, 20 uh, years, I mean, you, you are hanging somebody, not on the evidence. You're hanging somebody because the public. But although won't. I do, th- I think there was a contradiction. I remember this line that you're talking about, and it was a very mm. clumsy line in mm. my view because it kind of suggested that the judge was saying that because the public wants it, I'm hanging yes. him. But there was also enough in the judgment to say that there was evidence against the guy. They were both, but the fact that he put this line, this line, it was no, it, it was, could it have was been not done material without. evidence. It wasn't material evidence. It was more of a circumstantial evidence. Actually, the real story, I may be wrong, but the real story of Yakub Memon has not been written mm. on what in happened. The There's a lot of conjecture. See, he was living in Pakistan. He'd been the family, all of Memon's family had been spirited away. Mm. And they were living in Lahore mm. and uh, in a protected community with a lot of security and everything. And um, this... His brother, Tiger Memon, had the family, the wives and the children did not like living in Lahore. They wanted to come back to Mumbai. They were homesick. They were then taken to Dubai for a while and then again they were... So there was a lot of back and forth. But they all wanted... Yakub Memon's family all wanted to come back to Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so he, that is a strange that sort of a, a thing. A certain deal apparently was struck, the, the, which... A strange sort of a thing that uh, he, I think, trusted the softness of Indian justice. He thought that he will do Hasn't this been uh, shown in Black story. Friday? Uh, I think this... Haan, this that was a story haan, which came out in the paper. Mm. Yeah, but the thing is that what was happening, which Rahul Kanwal interviewed me on the day that he was executed and he said do you think his question was do you think that the uh, raw and ib went back on the deal that was made with yakub memon now every person on every channel was asking that question and this is where journalism goes wrong if one person asks that question they all start asking the same question the question itself was wrong because there was no evidence of a deal there was no way that the, that raw IB had committed that we will give you uh, you no be free. But they, raw and if they give commitment, they never give it in writing. No, exactly. <laughs> they never. And and whatever and never give it. whether a deal was made at all because the guy was arrested in Nepal, all right. So with multiple passports in his in his briefcase. So first you question, was there a deal? But everyone like Bhirchal is asking, so why did they back off? How do you know they backed off? There was no deal. Mm. But then again, one, but one can never know because these things would exactly. be given. Exactly, so you don't no, know. But as reporters, we have to take, as journalists, no, we have to take the position can't. that we don't know. Yes. Yes, so exactly. when, so we don't know in yet. fact, the, the raw guy who organized Yakub Memon's interview for me, he was on this big fight also in, I think he's in Pune. Hmm. And when we discussed this on this deal, he said, who said there was a deal? But the anchor kept refusing to acknowledge this statement that who said there was a deal? Deal. Everyone just, there was a deal, they backed off. Hmm. Poor fellow got hung for nothing. No. Hmm. Now finally... And uh, he was responsible for 
organizing and i i think for a lot of the things that he had actually uh, finances he had uh, acknowledged and he had made some public statement they have videos of him saying certain mm. things sorry just kirat you want to come in on this i mean going back to the we, we were talking about that that penalty and right right over the nirbhaya case or the jyoti singh case it's uh, i mean it's not like they're going to be going to the gallows anytime soon anyways that's just yeah there has been a hanging that hasn't take i mean that they have one appeal left the yeah, curate uh, curate petition uh, which is the final legal recourse that they will have uh, after the review the petition and after that the president i think the headline was and then they hanged him on on and then they hanged yakub memon on yakub memon was was the last hanging that happened other than that i think the last 14 months or 18 months there hasn't been any hanging because hey, there was a hangman committee there was only one hangman mm-hmm. not a single woman has been hung there i mean that's a story i read in india a long time ago that there are some a dozen or two dozen women on death row mm. but no woman has been hanged since independence or even before that so they're just sitting forever so पेनल्टी तो हो जाएगी लेकिन हैंगिंग होगी कि नहीं उसको और भी टाइम लग सकता Diskirat it's the law of the land right now no, and what is your view do you think I, I do, if there was a, a act, actual proof that it's it's deterrent there's mm. deterrent there isn't let's be clear there is no actual proof so i then i just don't see the point unless it's to just uh, fulfill the bloodthirst uh, that sometimes people have as has been mentioned in that one line that this is what the people wanted sure sir are you a pro death penalty no, or no i'm not you're against it madhu i'm pro death penalty Okay so now uh, we shall just move on quickly i had a email to read and then we will move back to the jayant sinha case very interesting case so this is actually by harshit agarwal harshit says this time i will not say it is a mistake because you are not allowed to be so ignorant abhinandan said that the president's press secretary took 4 days to clarify on the issue and kind of allowed it to become so big harshit is talking about the case of the jagannath puri incident as reported by many in the media that the president of india was dealt with inappropriately in the temple and later it uh, turned out that the press secretary denied it the president's office denied it uh, and even the jagannath trust denied it and we carried a opinion piece based on those reports so and we discussed it last week on the hafta and i had said why it take the president's office so long to come up with a clarification so this is in response to that so harshit is talking about that incident he says i'm sure when sorry abhinandan said that the press secretary took four days to clarify on this issue and kind of allowed it to become so big i think he's suggesting that he made the statement after the piece on nl on 2nd or 3rd of july no harshit actually that's not what i'm saying i was because i saw so many reports still on i know that he had made the clarification before because after that piece i went on and the india today piece had come uh, two days before ours so i'm aware that he had made the clarification by then i meant by 4 days after the alleged incident but anyway i'll carry on i'm not sure why the news only published the article it was probably 2nd or 3rd of july you tweeted out the story on the 3rd of july so i can assume 2nd of july the article on why there was no outrage nl quoted a local daily in odisha pragativadi in its initial article but the link in the article was the times of india article pragativadi article is not available now but they did report initially that such an incident had taken place in a times reported the incidents on 27th june 
The latest I found any news organization reporting it was on 26th of June. I think you mean the earliest. But yeah, and he's given the link to the Times of India article. The outrage started after Times of India published it on the 28th of June. So according to Abhinandan, President's press secretary took four days, which means he's talking about the 30th of June. I think he's saying that it was clarified on 3rd July, but even by any standards at best, he's talking about 30th of June. But the thing is, the clarification came on the 28th. Pragativadi clarified on the 30th, June, two or three days before Anil published the article. Actually, they quoted the press secretary himself in the article. India Times organization with Anil gave the link, clarified on the 28th, two days after the initial report, and four days before Anil published the article. And he's given the link. India to talk to the press secretary on the 30th of June, which would be about four or five days after the first article came out, according to the Times report, but it was tweet- tweeted by Rahul Kaun on 29th of June. So the President's press secretary on record gave a statement by 29th or 30th of June. The reports of any such misbehavior not happening were put out on the 28th, according to the TY reports, four days before the NL article. So basically, he said by any standard, any date, anything NL was wrong. I will really appreciate if you can clarify the doubt or point out where I am wrong. And if you are wrong again, then I guess you have to apologize again. I wish I am wrong, guys, really. Thanks, Harshit. We actually, uh, I'll let Raman sir take it. There's a story that is being worked on right now to, so we can get clarity on the sequence of events. You can just tell Harshit. No, we, we you have, can read the uh-huh. full story. Hmm. So, yeah, see, this is uh, after after we came to know about it, that the report is wrong. I mean, we got a clarification from the president house. Hmm. Then we commissioned a story. And there is a person who is working right now in Odisha. Mm. Uh, story, I think, is almost uh, done. So in the next day or two, hopefully by the time it's up, In it a be couple there. of days, it's going to be up. Yeah. So, Harshit, we actually wanted to get the full sequence of events. But yes, you are right. When our story went up, the piece, uh, and our story went up on a Monday, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, there was some looseness on our side, and I will not deny that. The India Today story, the fact check story, had already gone out two days before that. Mm-hmm. So, actually, uh, I'm not sure when the contributor. Uh, it's, but he's there not a full was time. a new, there was a media fallout on in this issue. I mean, initially, the reports which had come mm. were about Dalits. So, the local media was more. Uh, you know, yeah, no, regarding this particular incident. So probably the person who had submitted the piece, I mean, it could have been a Saturday or a Sunday, I'm not sure. But the piece went up on a Monday and the India Today fact check had happened on a Friday. Hmm. But I will say this as a news professional, uh, we have tried to get this reporter who we've commissioned on the ground to talk to the local journalists, to talk to the pandas and to talk to the shopkeepers and people who live around that. Because merely a rebuttal by the president's office doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's could, the point. It could have happened and That's yet he the could point. Because I'm extremely suspicious about this. Because it takes them four days to deny it All happened. All the two days technically now okay, that she's two pointed. Days. Two days. Yeah. yeah, two days in a president's office mm. is a long, long time. Sure. So once they decided it's, not detrim- it's detrimental to admit that the president was disrespected... My suspicion is that they were just sitting on it wondering how to handle it. Yeah, I mean, and, and nobody is spelling out what kind of breach of security it was. Yeah, so it's, I think it's, 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 it's just one line breach of security and that's it. And there is that element that, look, if somebody, if I'm abused, I don't want it publicized because it also becomes like isko sub, everyone joins in. Hmm. So naturally there's a dignity to the office which he wants to maintain and doesn't want to admit that he was insulted such. Yeah. No, so, by having said that, uh, we will not uh, again write on conjectures. So we are trying to get all the facts. We're trying to get all the facts that who said what ah. on ground. But th- this report will be based on you know, feedback from ground, feedback from within the temple, mm-hmm. feedback from outside the temple and whatever else appeared. Uh, but yes, you are right on the fact that the clarification had come out earlier. I stand corrected. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Harshit. 
But we will give you the facts. But just remember one thing while consuming news, and this is a pro tip. Just because X denies something doesn't mean something uh. didn't happen. I'm not saying that's the case here. But that's not enough. That's not a clincher. That's not a mic drop. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. How, how did the quint kind of first? What happened? Then what happened? Did you have to clarify clarification after clarification? We didn't uh, pick it up. Uh, we didn't pick it up. We, we saw it. It took us a while to get in touch with the local uh, reporters uh, to actually get the sequence of events. Hmm. It was not some. It the kind of story it was. It was not something that could have just been curated and you know attributed to Times of India or any other publication and put out. So we didn't get a clear picture, and we also put in a request for uh, clarification and what was the actual uh, sequence of events. Since we didn't get it, you didn't get the clarification. We didn't. You asked for a clarification from the president's office, and they didn't get back to you. So and so plus I also mean, the local reporters, uh, they also weren't very clear, very convincing. We decided that since the people that we got in touch with were not very clear, hmm. we didn't want to take a chance. So we kind of. So why did go. the president not uh, office not respond? Yeah, ours was not a report. Yeah, ours was an opinion uh, piece. That it I was understand. an opinion piece. Ours opinion uh. was based on reports, but I think the criticism is that the reports it was based on were taken back. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, why did the president office not clarify? It's not something we pursued beyond a point because I think other things in the news flow took over. But because we couldn't get any concrete picture from the local sources, we had, we thought that it's just something which we may have to let go of for now. Okay, thanks for that. Okay, now coming to the Jayantina case, I'll just tell everybody the context first. The Minister of State for Civil Aviation, the former Minister of State for Finance, Jayantina, also son of senior BJP leader Yashwant Sinha, who is not in the best books of the BJP right now, garlanded six men who were who have been granted bail after they have been convicted of lynching a man, beating him to death mm. on beef rumors and the they, they so, were convicted of murder exactly they were convicted in the fast track case and this bail does not take back the conviction it is only so is it while a, the appeal is while the appeal is pending they've got bail isn't it unusual for somebody who's been convicted of something to it get bail unusual. They, they, uh, sometimes the higher the court of appeal can put a stay on the conviction and then give a bail. I'm not very sure if there was a stay on the conviction. No, it yeah. is unusual. No, this is a they have suspended the life sentence. Right. And then they are out uh, on the bail. We've seen that happen with the Bollywood celebrities all ah. the time. And so the most interesting part of this was that after these people came out and and Sinha garlanded them, there was a lot of um, controversy within the BJP. Not that why did he garland them? It was like why is he taking credit for getting them bail yes. when I did it? And I another person said so I did it. And the so other the person local I did MLA was saying that I did it, uh, and why is he taking credit? He said he he, he funded uh, you know their uh, legal Leave. fee because because he feels that they were uh, innocent. They so are not done. The Jharkhand High Court had granted bail, and uh, Mr. Jain Sinha has come up with a very nonsensical kind of regret. Saying that I regret, I don't know what he's regretting. He's saying I believe that the law should, the law should take its own course, kind of crap. Now, I'm <laughs> just. Is that is he into stand-up comedy? You think? I don't know what he is, but I just want to, just get it. you go first, and then after Madhu. Why do you think he'd do something like this? It just defies logic. I mean, is is that how cynical are the BJP is that they think this is actually what's going to get them votes? Personal opinion, I think yeah, because. Jain Sinha for all this while was being talked about by the Delhi Lutians circuit. You know, like he's the what is it? The sense the, the the he's had a corporate experience. He's studied in the U.S. university, so he represents that side of the BGP that pe- the fence sitters hmm. could probably support the BGP for. 
he knows that these are not the people who are going to be voting for him and he's not fighting in that constituency he's fighting over there with with the you know elected him as the mp and my these view, people belong and to my this view is that at the end of the day closer to the elections they have to be closer or in action to their base to the, pay, to the vote base hmm. madhu why would you why do you think he'd do something like this and he was one of the few bjp leaders who appeared on ndtv so you know that if a bjp is appearing on ndtv he's on he's a moderate hardly <laughs> but uh, you know i have nothing to add to what uh, he said just kidding i think it's obvious that it's the vote vote bank is is at this stage in of the year is kind of um, setting the agenda for everything everything not just one thing and whether it's agriculture or whether it's every issue that's come up all the decisions are being taken with 2019 in mind Raman sir what complete, is your uh, the idea is to polarize yeah. completely so, so for 2019 and this is that is why it is happening my view is it has nothing to do with any of this i it this may sound like f- funny but i'm being serious i think jan sina basically is a late bloomer a late bloomer is someone you know who but he's kind middle-aged. of that's the thing he's a very late bloomer then <laughs> <laughs> see most of us go through a teenage angst where we rebel against the father if the father says bal mat karo hum to karenge tattoo mat lagao hum to lagayenge So this guy <laughs> at the age of whatever fifty, his father is saying, "Salla bevkuf mat karo, ham to karenge." Roke dikha do. And this has happens to a lot of people, and I've noticed, you know, because now fast, I'm you know on the other side of middle age now. I've noticed when we were young, na guys who I went to school and college with, who were complete geeks, you know, they went through youth, either studying or you know, basically not doing stuff that you do in youth. You know, make foolish mistakes. you know get drunk General and vomit Bashi, yeah. or you know take a bike and ride to ladakh or you know, or, or just do something you know something that is a bit off or you know just ha- have a certain um, be preoccupied with girls for unhealthy amount of times or boys or whatever your sexual orientation at the time was a lot of these dudes hit that stage in their bloody 40s and they have two three kids at home and like fuckers your uncles yeah like at our age our priorities should be different but then i saw there was a pattern to the kind of guys who are like this they were the ones who missed the youth so they are reliving their youth the peter pan complex huh? mm-hmm. i don't think michael jackson believed that what he was doing to all those kids with pajama parties was sexually inappropriate i generally think in his head he thought this is very nice love because he didn't have a childhood from the age of 6 his dad used to make him so he had a peter pan complex kehte na but puri zindagi bachpan he wanted to remain a child all his life but this is manifest in women also mm. i've seen that women who have not who had uh, rather re- repressed childhoods they've been good little girls all through their lives and then they've had an arranged marriage and then they've been good housewives and good uh, daughters in law mm. um then something happens when the kids are older they explore their wilds and then they and yeah and then you look at these middle aged women with tiny little skirts behaving bananas mm. and you wonder like why and i've seen that amongst a lot of my friends who we did a lot of badmashi right through from childhood through teenage years to college years and everything sara kuch kiya then you when you reach your middle age you're happy to be in your middle age because you've done it all Hmm. So and I this is and women like that. Okay, I'm going to do. I've heard it 
they verbalize it. Say, I'm going to do everything now. Are hmm. where were you then? Why didn't you do it then? Why to abdekho pehle iske ke papa ne bola hoga pad IIT ja. Ha ready IIT mein ghus gaya. Chal ab Harvard ghus. Chal Harvard ghus gaya. Chal McKinsey ne kaam kar kar liya. Chal BJP join kar kar li. Ab finally usne bola bas daddy bahut ho gaya daddy. Ab tum my body gaali dete main to bol hi gaya tha ki bas yahi ho gaya sir. You're taking a father's son angle but I think he's following a party line. I think he's following a power line. He found I don't think it's that you know the pattern father business I think ah. it's basically that he's getting power he is in a position of power compared to his father who's been put out to pasture so that's how it is and I read yesterday or I think I heard it on on a TV program uh, that in America well not in America in in anywhere in the world when uh, and we've seen it in people like say Rahul Bajaj and his son and many other instances fathers are not proud of their sons when they become successful and especially not when they become even more successful than they were they resent it and they're angry do you and, think well i've seen rahul bajaj on stage running his son down who's actually turned the company around and uh, saying that ab to ye these he makes any kind of decisions and i don't know what he's doing publicly and the guy is sitting there squirming with a fixed smile on his face the son without contradicting him or anything and you see, i've seen this repeatedly that when a son becomes more successful than what the father had achieved in his life there is huge resentment i i think and i think that that might be the equation more than anything else it's a power play let the youngest among us speak what do you think uh, uh, how all old of are us you? how 32 32 i'm 14 years no 12 years older than him but i've noticed that among very big families or very successful people because when your identity is your power then you resent it but otherwise i think the only relationship that is you know so pure and of course you know you hear about fathers killing sons sons killing fathers mothers killing children look at gautam singhania's story but uh, yeah exactly look at gautam singhania's story for those of you who don't know gautam singhania's father has accused that his son doesn't even give him a house to live in no, he hasn't accused hmm. gautam singhania has taken over the whole building where in legally his cousins and other people also had a share and so did his father and he's ousted all of them and his father is living on rent or something i don't know he's living in a he's small a, place he's living in a small little apartment yeah. so having given everything to his son but i do think that the purest relationship and of course there'll be exceptions is that of a child and a guardian you know whether it's a father or a mother or an uncle because the one person you do not feel envy of is your child child you know you can be envious of a sibling like mukesh bhai and anil bhai or no i've seen Karan i've Arjun. seen uh, uh, envy and resentment but of chill i think maybe i want the money mai hathiana chahta hu but so you know you you're f- fearful of losing control and therefore you will not have the money and the power but just envy because this person is better than me it's very rare in i think um no, it's not no okay. it's so not that i will live even life between mothers and daughters no, hmm. so for a example a daughter becomes a big achiever hmm. and the father appreciates it i've seen it in many cases that the mother gets jealous i think you need to look at the class of people you're talking about i think i agree 
there with you. I mean, maybe it is happening in upper middle class families. Yes, I'm talking uh, about upper middle uh, class. Not in the lower middle class. They, they no, feel so not proud in the lower middle class. They're so proud. Yeah, it's just the... Okay, now we'll just quickly move on to the Supreme Court agrees to hear Kejriwal's plea over exercise of power. We had discussed last week. राइट्स except which are the three land police law and order yeah. and yeah but transfers by implication it said lie with the state but now that is service not being matters. service matters it is but now of course that is not being implemented now kejriwal is going back to the supreme court in fact there's a piece in today's indian express the link is below which kind of says that why uh, kejriwal is right all along so on this lakshmi narayan acharya has written an email dear bhinandan i'm a regular hafta listener and yes a subscriber This is in response to Hafta 179. I come from a family that is perpetually in financial duress and for that we me and my brothers have been provided with the average standard of education that government schools provide. Before I go on Lakshmi Narayan I am really touched and uh, humbled not in the way that Amitabh Bachchan is humbled whenever he is told he's so great but generally that you come from the family that you have said and you still subscribe to the news laundry is really really um something that that moves me. Thank you so much. that you think this is worthy of money that is obviously scarce uh, so thank you and all you mufat khors who spend a thousand rupees on a drink one night and on underwear uh, learn something but they're not listening to this they haven't paid no a, ba- a part, part of the, put in. the babs <laughs> go into the free hafta okay. there's a shorter free so i i make sure that the babs at the mufat khors right. are in the free hafta i go back to lakshmi narayan acharya's mail i have been provided with the average standard of education that government schools provide this standard has been deteriorating in urban and suburban areas in odisha for a while in rural areas it is unforgivably poor one of the main reasons for this catastrophe is complete lack of care on providing quality education to kids belonging to families with limited or virtually zero resources this applies to students of private and central government schools also in current scenario sometimes part of me feels the government doesn't need healthy and scientific tempered kids the reforms that are necessary to overhaul the education system have long been overdue in odisha and neighboring states so forgive me for being rude when i say why should an elected government compromise with its policies when there is a policy paralysis prevalent in the constituencies and there is a need for radical reform and the quick implementation that are necessary to secure the future of the underprivileged The way Kejriwal behaves is always put to the scanner but nothing is said except a formal mention or two about the reforms that they are trying to bring in education that reach the underprivileged. The status quoists have of, often leveled people like Kejriwal anarchists when these very people have been rendered powerless by the mighty. I believe an authoritarian menace breeds anarchic activist. It's sad how the person who shoulders the responsibility doesn't have the means to take action. Should we not criticize amateur politicians, long-time activists on their policies and not on their behavior? I know it I don't know if it's just the naivety kehte naivet kehte kya naivety naivety on Madhu's part or an isolation of privilege you're always accused of that Madhu her I, anecdotal reasoning yeah, I can't pretend I came from a her anecdotal reasoning family. her anecdotal reasoning is something so ridiculous that it turns scary I hope in future she will give her views more and not on experiences that are anecdotal or accidental meetings I think he's referring to last week um the discussion on this only where you said that Kejriwal should have 
compromise on his policies rather than trying to push them through no i didn't say that i never said Sorry. he should compromise what mm. i said was that his he requires a strategy rather than a strategy to achieve his goals rather than always being confrontational which doesn't achieve his goal so then he goes on to say i believe the hopelessness that is rampant the hopelessness that rampant poverty and inertia of the archaic bureaucracy brings only creates activists that are angry confrontational and anarchic just like kejriwal at least they seem that way uh, for madhu it may be a miss but for losers like me it's a start on a lighter note do you think the central government would be keen on publishing that its own president gets harassed by sacrosanct hindus in a hindu temple okay let's just say it's a hypothetical situation lakshmi narayan thank you for the bab on that story uh, can i uh, can says, i answer yeah, him and lakshmi narayan is a teacher and uh, he teaches kids Yeah, Madhu, go ahead. Um, so the most were directed at see, you. See, first of all, to dismiss somebody's opinion because of either their gender, age, or uh, background is not tenable for me. You know, you can disagree with me, but to say, "Oh, you come from this because that's why you think that," uh, I don't think everyone who comes from my background thinks like me. Mm. The, everyone thinks differently, so I would dismiss that accusation. and uh, suggest that he should not be that preju- prejudiced against people who come from my background i can't help my background i try to go beyond what i was what i was born in and mm. that is my effort yes secondly to say that i can understand really empathize how he feels about uh, kejriwal's anarchism definitely when i was in college and young those kind of people were were the kind of people i admired for example fidel castro che we all sort of supported uh, the the rebels and i can see exactly and i empathize that that he sees that kind of uh, thing in kejriwal but what i th- i believe that since he is delhi's chief minister i would appreciate i like his policies i would like his policies to come through but are his policies possible given the strategy that he uses that is my question Jaskirat, you want to last week. You want to weigh in on this. You think um, Kejriwal can have a strategy to push it through, or nothing he does will work? I don't think we have anything to criticize him on unless we see the result of his policies. We have to ha- allow at least those policies or the decisions that he's and his government has taken. But since the files don't move, we're talking about the impasse between the LG and him because his policies. Often are not implemented because they get stuck in an LG office. Is it a problem with and how he positions it? And they will still get stuck, despite what the uh, court, Supreme, has. court has has said. They will still get because how will you control that? You can't. That, so that some of them won't, but some will. Yeah. Yeah, but then there'll be uh, uh, there should be RTI uh, petitions put in why this file is stuck. All that will happen. So I think he's a uh, Kejriwal is between a rock and a hard place. It's not easy. Hmm. I think there's a short-term gain uh, in perception over here, but a long-term loss in implementation of the policies. You can always use it to say that all the good decisions are getting stalled at the LG level, but in the long term, I think the voters, the the citizens of Delhi, and I think to some extent even if his party is going to be at a loss because of this impasse. And going by the reports and going by whatever observations we've had over the last few months, even with the previous LG for that matter, we don't see what is the middle ground. There there hasn't been a middle ground defined over here. The courts have laid down the But rules over here. But they have also put that vagueness that they should sit which and is allowing the impasse to continue. Yeah. So now of course they've gone back to the court and one hopes that there will be further clarity. Yeah, because the courts don't they don't have to, you know, massage egos. They should say so and so has to listen to so and so so and so 
there's not you should sit together and talk nicely and come to agree I mean to come you, on seriously you are up against the longest serving body of institu- institution in india which is the bureaucracy neta aate jate hain lekin bureaucrats bureaucrats wahi rehte hain and this is this is the uh, the uh, you know these these are the people you are up against many people like you have come and gone and these guys have stuck to their uh but i will say one thing that lakshmikant said that um their policy on on schools actually did get the credit it deserved not in television media Big, also but, the mohalla clinics in the uh, people uh, really appreciate the no, mohalla but, clinics but in the hindustan times ran a whole series on on the education uh, reforms that they've done and that no matter how hard you know the obvious north korean channels try to trash it that you go to anyone in delhi they know that how state government schools have reached a level that had been unheard of no they have done and the, the, the media water. has given them credit on that it's I not mean, like the media even people who have not traditionally supported kejriwal or aam aadmi party find it very hard to criticize their policies on the education when when that decision against atishi was taken yes that led I, to major I, backlash i was surprised to see people who i have never seen support kejriwal actually call the government and call out the government and criticize the government on that decision because that was seen as at least some ray of hope or you know a, a light at the end of the tunnel that at least this is working right. so there was very little denial that this is actually working no i feel that kejriwal has to understand that it's a trap uh, of the central government that he should look more anarchist hmm. every so 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 they is is a kind of trap so they do every i mean the central government does an act uh, they they oppose uh, uh, through the lg just to provoke him and he gets provoked so it's a, it's and and more he will sound like an anarchist this will go will not go well with the people so that's what i feel okay um i just want to quickly uh, you know there are three or four things that i want to quickly touch upon but uh, the one thing that i definitely wanted to have some views on is this it had become very big on social media and hafta we try to avoid things that social media is trending because that's like the tail wagging the dog uh, but this particular case uh, is uh, because the kind of confusion around it in news reports as well which is the case of um geo institution of eminence status for geo so geo institute which is going to be university or college call it what you want it will be given a tag of institute of eminence this is the high education secretary r subramaniam said that this was taken as part of an expert panel this is basically the government endorsing several private universities as well as um a 1000 crore grant being given to many government or state funded universities for basically you know expanding operations now the status to the private universities there's no monetary benefit that's been given you're just being given an eminence it's a institution of eminence it's a tag which i guess helps you attract more people that we are recognized and ugc cannot interfere with your functioning so you are still free of the ugc there's a good explainer on this i think in the business standard has the quint also carried an explainer on this we've also carried an explainer on so this so that cuz some media reports suggested that dekho hazar crore ka grant unko ja rahe nahi ja raha however between the two extremes that they're saying ki dekho bhai ambani ki jeb mein sarkar wo hamara paisa le rahi hai and others saying ki ambani to there's there's no problem at all so i just like to Uh, the sequence of events is there in the indian express has a piece of the sequence of events of when this scheme was started that if you set up a university that the promoters have to have a combined net worth of 50 billion rupees there are many things that you have to have and then you get this tag even if not a single brick has been laid and two weeks after this you know scheme was launched this trust was set up with mukesh bhai ambani and neeta ambani on its board of trustees and then they proposed this and they got the tag so yes i think 
India needs private universities and private hospitals. Without that, you cannot do. That doesn't mean the government's responsibility absolved. The government, these are two things government has to provide: healthcare and education. I think that is basic government's job. But yes, you have to have the private sector involved. However, I'll just tell you as a pro tip, as a professional who's made many things uh, before news laundry, as far as films are concerned, I've done many projects with governments, with private companies, and with agencies that have been doing big projects for governments. Many times, if you have a project to do and you take it to the government, they say, "Acha." तो इसके लिए पॉलिसी बनानी होगी आप अपने पेपर तैयार कीजिए हम पॉलिसी तैयार करते हैं एंड द पॉलिसी विल प्रिटी मच से दैट लेट्स से यू हैव टू मेक हाइपोथेटिक फिल्म फॉर द गवर्नमेंट सो द गवर्नमेंट से ओके इट हैज टू बी अ टेंडर प्रोसेस सो व्हाट डज योर कंपनी हैव डज योर कंपनी हैव अ टर्न ओवर एक्स अमाउंट ओके द टेंडर विल से इट हैज टू हैव एक्स अमाउंट टर्न ओवर वट इज इट हैज फाइव इंटरनेशनल अवार्ड्स मिनिमम फाइव इंटरनेशनल अवार्ड्स हाउ मनी हैज बिन राउंड एट ईयर्स कंपनी मस्ट बी एट ईयर्स बेसिकली दिल सेटअप terms so narrow that only you and 10 other people will qualify uh, so i'm just saying that is the gray where government and private operate it's not black and white so now that i explain the context madhu did you want to weigh in on, the, on this entire controversy 1000 crore that's only for the sarkari universities that's not for the private ones it's not for geo uh, geo that's only for the iits and the you know ISC. the one isc so so there is a I, grant i do question that a bit because i think uh, It's fine. IITs and all are great. They can give them money, but my concern is that are they spending enough uh, quality money? And by quality money, I mean that it gets to the place and is actually spent on on uh, primary schools, middle level schools around the country. I think that is our dire need right now, rather than upping the glamour of big universities. Abi, बच्चा पैदा हुआ नहीं है उसको scholar बना दिया. I mean, it's it's, a, it's that kind of situation. Uh-huh. So I think I think the major issue is you don't have a building, you don't have courses, you don't have students, you don't have a faculty. So how can you? I mean, even think of you know granting eminence to any university. So yeah, I, one guy tweeted. I think he's a professor from JNU. Said it is not. Im- it should be not eminence. It should be imminent. <laughs> I think it's uh, and being a product of a private university myself, I think there's a problem here. You need some sort of a performance evaluation before a decision like this can be taken. There are many problematic things with this. There's a question of a conflict of uh, interest also with uh, one of the members. I think this is an economic time story that said that one of the members of the uh, uh, Reliance delegation, which was headed by Nules and Mukesh Ambani. was a former secretary of uh, education or higher education i i guess he has served the schooling of period he stayed away from the cooling off period hmm. although they waived off the cooling off period for many people for high profile people so hmm. this is definitely a bit of a problem now see just because they're not getting access to the 1000 crore fund it's not the only thing there's a there's a clause or or kind of a fine print here that they will be eligible for central funding as and when certain schemes come up so it's not like as in the due course of time the money so will they, not be there so they will be eligible for those government also they will, they will be eligible for institutional uh, rates you know they'll pay institutional rates for the land if they want to conserve so there are lot lot many things which uh, are not yet clear so i i think the policy is flawed rather than and it may i mean i i don't think it's unfair to assume that the policy was written for alliance but the policy is only flawed i think that's no, what no i okay i you were talking about the policy so i'll just give one example of robert wadra hmm. how the solar policy came into being see when the they were making the solar policy so robert wadra solar energy for uh, solar, ha, okay. solar energy policy so so it was uh, about i think they were wanted to generate 20000 megawatt of power hmm. by 2020 
okay hmm. now the land where in which states is going to happen everything so so it was just tailor made for robert wadra so that he buys land in rajasthan and in other states before they launch the policy so, so that's this how, is how it, it happens corruption works it's Haan. not always briefcase being yes. exchanged hmm. how is it i have nothing against reliance joining the education sector they already are in the education sector i think they have about 13 schools and a couple of institutes in their name right I think it's great to have uh, private sector money. Uh, some of the universities we've seen come up in the last five to ten years have been doing a great job. Unfortunately, the one I have been a part of was nothing but uh, <laughs> sucking blood out of the parents and the money that they were taking. Hmm. What university seen, was this? I uh, rather not say. <laughs> rather okay. not say. Hmm. But uh, not to create any prejudice against Reliance's intent hmm. and what they plan to do with this. but this was unnecessary i think some certain number of years should have been spent in seeing how they're going about it before the central government stepped in and gave them some sort of a eminent stag okay okay i'll just uh, quickly move on to what was their motive you think reliance reliance no. or government the government because mogesh bhai ko chahiye they are motive kya hai they are hand in hand I mean, I, that's not breaking news <laughs> what i'm saying is what is the motive that this proposal is made to the government that we are starting this university would you please make a thing of eminence for us why education why because what he's saying because it's 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 one of the going to be the biggest business and it's going to be to karke dikhao ye to madhu reliance so why does the government step in as you said ki kyun pehle aage jaake like just kirat said aage jaake you will be eligible for government grants for many benefits that the government will be giving to the economy is there you are not uh, you don't you're not always having somebody breathing down your back from ugc so yeah, i think if they're lifting it from them the ugc from them they should have lift they should lift it for everybody Well, that won't happen. Not everyone. But then you're also funded now. Now, uh, the Supreme Court questions the practice of female genital mutilation. Hey, I didn't even know it was still legal in India. So I was taken aback by this. So bodily integrity of women can't be infringed upon, says the Supreme Court. And I was quite surprised to see many people actually defending the practice um, on prime time channels. And of course, our channels ढूंढ ढूंढ के लाते हैं to. show a particular community in a particular light uh one clarification that i have made in an article i wrote long time ago is the practice of genital mutilation is not a religious practice it is a cultural practice uh and you can read my piece the link is below i was critiquing you know bill maher on this uh, often it is shown as an islamic practice across religions this practice exists it comes from a particular cultural context not a religious context but having said that I was blown away that this still happens but I have a question why is male circumcision okay then I I know it's not the same thing I'm I, I'm not being an equivalence I'm just saying the bodily integrity is even whereas in, in America that's the law right if you are given giving birth in a state uh, hospital usually circumcised in the US no. or that used to be the case at least I don't think so I don't think there's a law that you have to be circumcised so oh, that's all. a practice there I don't yeah. know if it's a law I think I think without getting into too many gory details I think circumcision is uh, for many people also a cultural practice for hygiene purposes and and less for religious so maybe it was started from for hygiene practice and became a religious practice between the Jews and the Muslims there is no hygiene in female genital mutilation right that's purely a mm. yeah. it's just kill the joy mm. right and but yeah i i think um, that one clarification should be made that it it is not a religious practice it's a cultural practice famously this was pointed out by reza aslan who i don't particularly care for but yeah he had given the whole thing on that 
then the final thing is this, not the final, the two very quick things after this, but the charity home staff held for selling children. Missionary charity home uh, was selling children and they were trafficking children. It's a shocking case. It really brings Mother Teresa's, I think, otherwise, to an extent, noble very mission noble, to ill repute. But what I find really tragic is, and that is kind of the age wherein, and it's not unique to India, is that one such case is taken to paint Mother Teresa as some sort of devil. And, and that's the and age. And the community I mean. also. And right? the community. Yeah, it's, which, uh, used as an example of the evils or painting an entire community in bad light. And just a thing that just came in the morning, Till I think yesterday evening we were hearing about 260 babies or something like that. Yes, I saw that number. I think just the morning report itself says, it's a follow-up report by India Today. And mm. I think Rajdeep Sardes, I tweeted about it, saying that mm. it's actually not 260, but four babies. Four. four. The story yeah. is still developing. It's we not 260, know. but it is? Char, four, four, four babies. babies. Only four. Yeah. Well, it's not only four is but bad yeah, but enough. They, but it's still a but difference. They've been able to prove that they are missing. Okay. Yeah, the saddest part of one part of that story was that the birth mother wants the baby back and is willing to give the 90,000 rupees back and wants the baby back. The couple who bought the baby are also attached to the baby and they want the baby back. So it's a holy mess. So yeah, in fact, this is being tweeted, which is this breaking, the consulting editor of India today. ADGP Jharkhand Mr. Malik busts theory that 280 kids were missing from missionary charity home, tells India today that only four are missing, of which three have been found. How a story gets lost between Ranchi and Delhi is a propaganda war. Damage already done. But the keenness and the enthusiasm with which people pick this up and, you know, demonize an entire community or or the work of someone like Mother Teresa, I may not agree with everything. I mean, I do think asking someone to convert when they're dying is like holding onto your head. And I think that's a horrible thing to do. But at the same time, who spends their life caring for people who have no hope, man, who are just dying on the streets? It's just... The uh, destitutes. I, uh, yeah, I think it's... I have volunteered there, so I know. Oh, you have? You worked yes. there? Where? Yeah. In As Calcutta? a student. No, here in Delhi. In Delhi? Yeah. Okay, you volunteered there. At Majnukatila, they have a... Okay, uh, so uh, that is a story that I think all of you should uh, definitely read. And I, I would highly recommend that, you know, there's an ad that is being shared of WhatsApp that how not to spread fake news. Do look at that ad. It was in all the newspapers. People are sharing it on WhatsApp. And while social media is a wonderful thing, and I think we all must appreciate the benefits, it has some huge dangers. It A, brings out the worst in you. Uh, I think it makes you go a little unhinged. And you also share stuff that you would ordinarily never share. It's called the online disinhibition syndrome. There is a, it is a condition. Time magazine has a cover story on it. Online S- what? Disinhibition syndrome. So this? things, inhibition. Disinhibition. Yeah, really. So it's things that you would never do in ordinary mm. life or say. You don't hesitate in saying them on social media. Things you would never share in a, you know, mm-hmm. sitting at a party or a dinner that, oh, do you know this so-and-so, like, unverified shit and then connecting it to some other prejudice of yours. You do it on social media. So stay away from that. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's uh, on WhatsApp, just share something that you're fairly certain about. And we'll all make mistakes. But as long as we are aware of what we should and should not be doing, I think we can minimize those mistakes. Remember, you cannot eliminate risk. You can minimize it, as was proved in 2008. I'm talking about the uh, Lehman crash, because at that time, many bankers said we can eliminate risk. And then the economy told them you can't eliminate risk. You can only try to minimize it. You cannot eliminate error. You can try and minimize it. Okay, now, last two things, Madhu. The Supreme Court has become very helpless and very angry, told the center, either... 
fix the Taj Mahal or just break it down. I want to say your lordships don't say that they'll take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break it down. Let's build a mall. And they'll say mandir. Aapne to bola tha. Kuch mandir hota tha pehle. So pehle mandir hota tha. Ha, waise bhi theory aati rehti hai. Tejo Mahale. Ha? Tejo Mahale. Ha, Tejo Mahale. Correct. And some websites carry that. I saw many people who are otherwise. framed and when we did that law and there was a law intern who was working at news laundry and she did that really good series do you know the way the laws written it says the woman has no agency if she is in an adulterous relationship it is the man she's sleeping with who can be tried under law not she also that can only happen if her husband files a case and if it's not that if it's a woman sleeping with the man of of another then also this woman can't file the case basically adultery is committed by men with women who have no agency i don't think feminists are going to fight for this <laughs> i think they'll just say let it go <laughs> so do do check that out but that's all we have if there's anything else anyone wants to share what they saw in the media that should have made news or shouldn't made news feel free to share just kirat is anything i'm not thought? sure if uh, sacred games uh, oh that is a recommendation so we can come with the recommendations but, uh, but just, can we discuss how congress is discuss let's discuss sacred games sure let's I do that You haven't watched, watched the whole thing, oh. so uh, so we're not going to give any spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> which which episode are you on? Uh, which you have great self control. Second, wow, Work, man. <laughs> I know. Great self control. I, I get sucked in. I'm I'm a binge watcher. I finished it in two sittings, and I'm not really Actually, a binge watcher. Actually, it's a commitment oh. to my wife. I, I promise to watch it with her. So okay, I appreciate my, that. Yeah. It's fantastic. I think it's. Madhu, what do you think? Tell me, what do you think I was think the best about it? I think it's put uh, Indian filmmaking on the map. Hmm. I think it is absolutely brilliant. I love the dialogues, the language, the editing, the photography, the camera camera work. It is spectacular and they've done actually a politically correct choice of story because basically it's based on Daud uh, and his men and the fight of between Ch- I think it's Chota Shakil, one of the not Chota Ch- Shakil, Chota Raja. Yeah. Hmm. So it's based on a lot of reality and i think that the way it's i have nothing but great praise for it fact is three episodes were written by a woman the whole thing has been edited by a woman anita arti bajaj wow i think it's fantastic i think and the language the language if a yeah. woman is writing that kind of language we've thrown the glass ceil- ceiling to the floor yeah i think it's a fantastic series so have you watched it no i haven't okay you haven't watched it so um i, I think uh, all the mother all the thing mother said I think it's amazing what has been achieved. I think characters there are many aspects like many characters I can see okay this is a reference to this this is a reference to this. So it's a amalgamation of many characters like for example that film star who's the son of a producer obviously has shades of Arman Kohli but he also has shades of someone else and also has shades of someone else. But it's a fantastic series and in news related to that series there has been a petition in court asking oh. for an editing One is from the Congress stories who are saying in one of the episodes there is a reference to Bofors and how Rajiv Gandhi you know was देश को लूटा I think it's a very relevant reference. He says अगर हमारा प्रधानमंत्री 
ऐसे काम कर सकता है जैसे बोफर का बोफर्स का घोटाला द वे ही सेज इट तो मैं क्यों नहीं करूं मैं क्यों नहीं कर सकता एग्जैक्टली सो एंड व्हिच इज व्हाट इज कंटेजन बाय द वे व्हिच इज बाय people who endorse leaders when they endorse lynching it matters in fact i can i just bring in the fact that i jumped the gun as i often do when i saw the news track footage i got really incensed so they're using news track footage bagair bataye bagair puche bagair this thing hmm. quickly tweeted you know uh sab theek hai love fantastic this thing but pooch to lete so then i then watch the end of the episode and i actually do watch credits oh you do yeah i do because in uh in a, a hollywood uh, films i look for indian names and invariably there yeah. will be three yeah. four indian yeah. names especially yeah. in the visual graphics uh, yes. department invariably and i want to see like how many indians are getting into the act and in this i was watching to see how many women were in it in the production side huge number of women and they gave credit to news yes, track yes they did oh they gave credit to news track so you had to delete her tweet quickly i didn't delete i, I did not uh, you, you know it's not it. i yeah. i said you know i jumped the gun so um i think all those things are great so th- th- there is this case that they should edit out that out because it shows rajiv gandhi in poor light and i saw a conversation on one of these prime time channels and this difficult task that the congress spokesman has to say is that we are the party of freedom of speech Uh, he should say whatever he wants this filmmaker but it should be accurate and so should this person be allowed to file a case i was like okay that, that now that's hardly a position and in a related case on the series the central government has also come up saying that there are a lot of cigarette smoking scenes now if you watched a film in india every scene where someone is smoking or drinking there is a thing comes up that don't do it it's bad for health it doesn't say when you are killing someone that don't kill people <laughs> it's bad for them but for smoking oh it's if someone's being raped so don't rape people it's not good if someone's whistling don't whistle at girls it's not good but if someone's holding a cigarette or then that warning comes and that doesn't come in this case and they want this whole series has to have that warning so i should watch that's it true, before they ban the it that's true the film i mean people are smoking right through the series so you'll just so have this ridiculous. one graphic going and they through. have like in i've seen uh, uh, i remember seeing this film any hall in india in mm. delhi and they blurred the cigarette as dan keaton is walking across the room yeah and so she looks like she's just blowing kisses <laughs> you know like <sighs> but it's how do you blur a cigarette through? it's so it's much it's so dumb uh, yeah. sensor board or whatever i think we it. were dreading this uh, all of us who has been into the streaming uh, viewing thing even hotstar the hbo the incredible hbo shows like the wire and of course the recent ones like game of thrones and all that they've been showing i think we've all been dreading it that kabhi na kabhi kisi bureaucrat ke hath lagega hmm. like some day the red tape is going to catch up and i think we're going to start seeing a sanitized version of it but until then let's just binge watch and enjoy as much I as we can i think the fan following is so huge and the fallout will be so the blowback will be so bad that i don't think they dare touch it well we'll see we have a a panel on policy at the media rumble and we will have a conversation on the policy we will have a former inb minister there uh, we are trying to get a former tri chairman there as well so there's some clarity on what the policy will be where it will lie who will have jurisdiction so do come for the media rumble cut to promo the media rumble is back in the second edition we bring together news professionals policy makers investors tech innovators from all over the world It's where we discuss the future of news. It's where we talk about all facets of the news ecosystem. This year we are set to make the Media Rumble Asia's premier media forum. There'll be professionals from some of the world's leading news organizations. Master classes on data journalism, on animation, illustration, storytelling, a convoy of 14 international speakers, filmmakers, satirists all under one roof. 
Come rumble at the Media Rumble, August 3rd and August 4th, 2018 at India Habitat Centre, New Delhi. Entries free for our News Laundry subscribers and Mufat course, register now. Seats are filling up fast, so log on to www.themediarumble.com. See you there. Come back from promo and now let's go with everyone's recommendations for the week. Just Kirat, what do you have? Well, since you were on the subject of uh, WhatsApp, this uh, this is a bit of a self-plug uh, for the Quaint, but there's something called the Web Goof, which is a section that the Quaint has been working on. It is uh, it started as uh, magnifying or, or kind of enhancing the readership or the platform that was being uh, that was Boom, Alt News, and SM Hoaxley who have been doing an incredible job hmm. in fact-checking and uh, verification that they were getting. So we started uh, curating, curating or getting their stories and providing a common platform for them for the non-niche. Uh, readers hmm. but slowly and gradually in-house capability has increased and now we have started uh, fact-checking whatsapp hmm. messages so we realize that a lot of people want to get involved we're talking about readers it's like citizen journalism sure so what whatsapp was the one uh, place where we found it's very difficult to breach you don't have a website link or a facebook page or a tweet that you can actually screenshot and then you know rip it apart on the basis hmm. of facts so we have been able to reach out to people to send us the WhatsApp messages that they for get. For verification. For verification. And on a single request, we received some about 200, 300 emails. Hmm. Thankfully, we've been able to respond to about 80% of them. But I think we are entering, a, 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 and this is something Google and Facebook and all are also dealing with. Until the US elections and all, it was something, of course, they hit, it hit them out of the blue. But with Brazil and in India, because WhatsApp is such a big deal in these countries, they're still trying to wrap their heads around how to right. crack the system without, uh, you know, entering the whole privacy debate because they pro- provide the end-to-end encryption and they right. don't read the messages or they claim not to read the messages, and which is why the, even the cops are not able to read the messages unless they are actively part of these groups. So I uh, just want to uh, mention about WebCoof if uh, people can check Web? it out. Coop. W-E-B-Q-O-O-F at thequin.com is where people are sending in Web-coof. the okay. messages that they feel are doubtful and need verification with. All right. Thank you for that recommendation. Madhu, what is your recommendation for the week? Um, I have a recommendation about, um, I have a recommendation of a story uh, in Vanity Fair about this guy who invented the World Wide Web, Tim Berners-Lee. And it's a remarkable story in that, that unlike what most of the American honchos who have made big money on uh, like Bill Gates and uh, Steve Jobs, this guy gave the World Wide Web to the world for free. And this article is now a bit, it's compared, actually he has compared this, what has become like Oppenheimer's fear that what he had invented would be used to destroy humanity. And now Berners-Lee is for, for, he has in, he's apparently in agony on how it has been misused and he has started it as a democratic tool. It has now become a tool for governments and, and corporations. And he's starting work on, he is working on a thing called SOLID, which is to bring back the World Wide Web back to, say, a small person in Nigeria, mm-hmm. to democratize it again. And his, his agony is how it has been destroyed. It, it is destroying the world. It was his fear and it's come true. And now he's working, his new project is on how to bring it back to what he wanted it to be for. Well, in related news, today's Indian Express front page, uh, India upholds net neutrality. So that's something that we are way ahead and more progressive than America on. Um, But yeah, 
Thank you, Madhu, for uh, that recommendation. I, I'll plug, uh, you know, a column by Hartman Desuja in News Laundry. Mm. This is on the football and other things. Mm. Uh, where his, his dog is dead. <laughs> and he's talking to him. And he's uh, talking about the African football uh, in the backdrop of uh, the World Cup. So I think he has written three. And he's going to write two more. So... All right, great. Hmm. Um, the recommendation I have is actually on uh, National Public Radio's Planet Money. I think it's on the indicator. The link is below. It's a very interesting podcast uh, and it has a very interesting premise. It's like before anyone in America knew who was winning the US election, there was this one district in China that knew. Because this district in China is the largest manufacturer of flags in the world. So they make flags for every country, including India. And the orders for the Trump flags and the Trump rally flags were way, way higher than Clinton rally flags. And they said because the difference in number was so much, you know, we had a joke that, you know, there's clearly way many crowds there. So that was an interesting one. And um, and it's interesting because it talks about how globalization is like an ether that we are swimming in. You cannot get it out of yourself or you cannot get out of it. And And the irony that this man was supplying flags to a rally of a man who was sitting in that rally and saying that I will make sure that China does not get any <laughs> manufacturing. <laughs> That's while too funny. The flags are being and so, but he laughs. So he says, uh, so he says, did you feel any like kind of irony, a meta kind of? He says, no, because we make flags from for so many countries. So they also make flags for India. So I'm actually wondering that we should track how many flags that company is making <laughs> for India. So yeah, that, that's actually another article that Mint. Mint me nikla tha on uh, what happened to the Ranbaxy Malvinder and Shivinder brothers, how it happened, why it is nicely uh, connected. From the beginning? Yes, from the beginning, the inherited, there was a family tree done, and it's not long. But for newspapers, it, for newspaper thing, it is long enough. But it covers it very extensively and intensively. It so makes it gives you a lot of clarity. clarity. Uh-huh. All right. So thank you so much, panel. Thanks, Jaskira. Thank Pleasure having you. Thank you. And share your knowledge and your experience of the Supreme Court. Hopefully, we'll have you again. Hope to see you at the Media Rumble. Do come. Certainly. We must give Jaskirat a complimentary entry into Media Rumble. He should not have to <laughs> register and come in. Uh, but bring your friends and make sure they buy uh, the ticket. Uh, so uh, we will leave you. Quint has enough money. Quint should buy 50 tickets. <laughs> I shall pass it on to Raghav. Yeah, you can pass on that message. So until next hafta, I won't be here. So I'm hoping, will Manisha be back? I don't think Manisha is back either next week. So um, it will be hosted by Madhu. No, it will be hosted by Meghnath. It will be hosted by Meghnath. Or we'll let Karthik decide. Karthik, a producer. Thank you, Karthik. Thank you, Anil, for recording. I'll leave you with this song, which is a dedication to people who are obsessed with using fake news to further an agenda. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. 
catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.